Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the show. Once again, Andrew LaFleur here. Happy that you're listening in. Thank you very much for supporting this podcast. We are growing every week. More and more listeners are coming. Um, And you may have noticed that we missed a week. That's right. Last week, we did not have a new episode. Apologize for that. My wife actually just gave birth to our third child. That's right. We just had our third child, and we're very excited about that. But obviously, that has um, thrown a little bit of a wrench in the schedule for the past week or so, as you can imagine. Uh, But uh, a very cute and um, small wrench, you could say. But uh, we're very happy to have our our new son, uh, his name's Joshua, and mom and baby are doing very well, and uh, are, uh, we're not sleeping uh, as much as we used to, but uh, you know, the, the such is life, and we're very, very excited and very happy to welcome um, the newest member to our family. So yeah, uh, but we're back here again, happy to be back again this week with the podcast, bringing you a new episode. And I wanted to talk today again about a topic we seem to come back again and again. And uh, as I've mentioned many times, it's because it's a it's a very growing trend in the condominium world, and that is student rental condos. Student rental condos. So a lot of uh, a lot of um, information and, and things happening in the news uh, regarding student rental condos. It seems these days. And the big news, which you might have missed because it happened just after New Year's, um, when everybody was probably still lounging around in, in their PJs and, and not quite back to work yet, and a lot of people just off and, and didn't really make a, much of a splash in the headlines. But once again, the Canada Pension Plan, and I'll include a link to this, of course, in the show notes for this episode, which you can always get at truecondos.com slash podcast for the show notes on this episode and every episode. Once again, the Canada Pension Plan, Canada Investment Board, has purchased and made a major, major investment into student housing. Um, as we've talked about before on this podcast uh, and and on the blog, truecondos.com, uh, the Canada Pension Plan has put 2.8 billion, had put $2.8 billion of investment into high-end student housing um, in the past year in the UK. And now they are spending this time one po- another $1.4 billion. So that brings it up to, uh, what is that, 2.8 plus 1.4, that's uh, 3.2, 4.2 billion, sorry. Again, not getting too much sleep lately. My math is, uh, is a little bit slow. But uh, $4.2 billion now. Um, in the, just in the past year, less than a year, that the Canada Pension Plan has put into high-end student housing. Again, very interesting to see that Canada's biggest investor continues to, um, in a sense, double down in, on student housing. And I'd love to get somebody from the um, pension plan on the podcast. So if anybody's out there listening from the pension plan or um, uh, if anyone out there knows any contacts at the um, investment board uh, of the CPP would love to uh, speak to somebody about that. So feel free to reach out to me regarding that. But anyways, um, very interesting. This time they're buying uh, into a large portfolio of housing in the in the U.S. 
And a lot of big questions a lot of people keep asking uh, is, hey, why isn't the Canadian Pension Plan investing in student housing here in Canada? Uh, and again, my answer is quite simple. Um, you know, I, I'd love to speak to them about it, but I think it's pretty clear the reason they don't is because there's nothing to buy. Um, the housing, student housing um, industry in Canada, as I've said many times, is very far behind the rest of the world, particularly the U.S. and the U.K. So there really is, there really are no large landlords that you can go to, and if you've got billions of dollars to spend, like the Canada Pension Plan does, I mean, Canada Pension Plan doesn't go out shopping for sixplexes and, uh, you know, 20-unit apartments, and they're not looking to spend $5 million. They're looking to spend billions of dollars, so... There's only certain markets that they can even look at. So Canada is just, uh, it's not possible to do something like that. They're not in the business of building student housing, that's for sure. Canada Pension Plan is not a developer, so they're not going to go out and start building student housing. Um, But again, uh, all this to say that the biggest investor in Canada is understanding that student housing, particularly high-end student housing, is a major trend. They're getting on board this trend and they are ready to ride this wave in the coming years ahead. So again, as investors, um, condominium investors, this presents a very interesting um, point for us to look at and for us to follow a very savvy, sophisticated, the largest investor, in fact, in Canada is, is doing something that we can also participate in as well by getting into student rentals. And so we've talked a lot on the podcast lately about um, projects like University Studios in Oshawa, which has done very, very well and is now sold out. Uh, We have uh, Capitol Hall, of course, in Ottawa, which has done very, very well and is also on a way to um, selling out, but there are still units available there if you're interested in Capitol Hall. University Suites in Kingston, we talked a lot about about a year ago at this time. Um, academy condos and, and uh, just uh, the, the list is growing and growing. Now, I wanted to talk today on the podcast about a few things that I look for before I personally endorse a student rental project. And so I made a list. There's five things, five things that I look for before endorsing um, or backing, getting behind, uh, recommending a project to my investor clients because, again, I get developers and and marketing companies and salespeople contacting me every single day just about, you know, asking me to promote this or sell that or uh, why? Because, um, you know, obviously I I have a very large number of investors that um, purchase real estate and purchase condos. And so I get contacted regularly by people who have condos to sell um, and different opportunities that they want me to look at. Um, and 95% of them I turn down and 95% of the projects that come across my desk, I do not endorse. Um, and I do not recommend to my clients, uh, for investment. So I'm very selective, obviously looking for only the best of the best, looking for only projects that I personally invest in or that I would invest in. Um, and that goes the same for student rental condos. So here are the five things that I look for before I endorse a student rental condo project. Number one uh, is the developer. And this is obviously the most important um, factor to look at that I look at is who is the developer and do they have a proven track record? Uh, 
it's fairly simple um, evaluation there. There's a lot of there's a lot of second tier, um, second and third tier kind of guys now. I, I find entering the space um, in in Canada as you know, student rental condos are sort of a, a new frontier, um, and so within the industry, a lot of the established players, the, the big, big builders that have been around for a long time, they're not really getting into this space. They're sticking to their bread and butter. They're sticking to what they know best, which is not necessarily student rental condos. Um, and so like any other industry, you have the smaller upstarts who tend to be filling up the space um, and sort of recognizing the need and recognizing the opportunity and jumping on it. But unfortunately, of course, when you have a lot of these these second and third tier kind of guys coming in, a lot of them uh, obviously do not have a track record. And obviously what you get in the end um, or don't get in the end is is often very different from what you're promised when you're buying from one of these developers without a track record. So um, it shrinks the list down significantly from projects that I would recommend. But again, um, that's that's the way it is. I mean, this is these are your hard-earned investment dollars. Uh, you don't want to be just throwing them behind any project just because it's there. Um, and so, you know, again, just using um, uh, using uh, University Studios uh, as an example, Podium Developments, they have a long and proven track record of building student housing. They've been a student housing developer for over ten years. And so they've got um, over 20 buildings that they have built. Um, and you can clearly see that these guys have a tracker. They know what they're doing. Using another example, Capitol Hall, Ashcroft Homes, um, based out of Ottawa. They're you know, basically Ottawa's uh, top one, top two, top three um, developer. And they have built thousands of properties and thousands of homes in the Ottawa market. And so when you're buying a Capitol Hall, you're buying from a proven team there who's, uh, who, who knows that city inside and out and the city knows them inside and out. Uh, some of the other projects that have come across my desk that I have not endorsed, they don't share those same characteristics. They, again, they're, they're second and third tier kind of guys or they're quite frankly just um, people who have no track record at all. They might have built uh, some other buildings or they might have partners that have built other buildings or they might have touched here and there in different aspects of real estate, but have they built um, condos? Have they built residential, multi-residential buildings before? A lot of them, if you start looking into the background, you find they have not. And so it's a very big risk as an investor to get into bed, so to speak, with um, that type of developer. So that's just some things that I look for and things that I evaluate before recommending one of these projects. Um, and that is uh, the first and, and foremost, the most important thing that I look for. That's number one. Number two is the property management. Um, you might even say this is 1A is developer, 1B is property management. Um, but really these two are, are the, the foremost aspects of the, of the top five here. Is if there was nothing else and you, you, know, you really want to focus on these two, developer and property management. So... Um, what we're, what I find with a lot of the, again, the, uh, the projects that are out there on the property management side, um, a lot of these guys are, are putting up these student rental condos. I shouldn't say a lot of them. Some of them are putting up these student rental condos and they're also, um, 
starting their own, they're managing the building themselves or they're, they're, uh, so they've never built anything and they've never managed anything. And suddenly they are a builder and a property manager and not just a property manager, but a student property manager, a very specialized form of property management. And so you kind of, uh, you, see, you see these cases where they're just kind of snapping their fingers and boom, creating a property management company out of thin air that is going to manage this building that is not built yet. And again, it just seems to me a very risky thing to do to, um, as an investor, go into that knowing that your asset is being managed by, um, by a property manager that has zero experience in property management and zero experience in student property management. Um, it seems like a very risky thing to do. So I'd much rather see uh, one of two things on the property management side. Number one is that the developer themselves um, uh, has a proven track record as a manager or that they have a property management company with a proven track record for management. Or number two is that the developer behind the project is hiring a third party property management company um, who is an established, respected um, manager in the industry. Uh, one of those two things. I'd prefer it to be uh, on the developer side themselves because I find when the developer is, for the simple reason that when the developer is building the building as well as they are um, managing the building, they have a lot more at stake. They have a lot more, uh, their entire reputation is on the line, not just from building the thing and, and then it's done, but actually once the building is done, they are sticking around and managing it and their fingerprints are on it and their their entire brand is at stake by how that building is run and managed um, and rented out after the fact. And so again, when you look at um, Varsity Properties, for example, who are managing um, the podium projects uh, in Oshawa and in Kingston, Varsity Properties is a proven, long-standing, uh, high-end student rental property manager. And they've been managing thousands of units uh, thousands of beds for many, many years. And they have an established reputation in the industry and they know the business inside and out. They know students, they know working with student parents and, and they know that market inside and out. So again, it gives you a lot of peace of mind as an investor to know that that is who is going to be managing your asset after the fact. Um, or if you look another example, you look at um, Capitol Hall, again, another project that I do endorse. Uh, Capitol Hall is being managed by Onvi, which is the uh, property management arm of the developer. Again, it's sort of a sister company of the developer, Ashcroft Homes. And again, you look at Ashcroft Homes, they have a proven track record for management, and they have managed many buildings uh, in the Ottawa area already, as well as being a developer. So um, again, you're, you're, you're buying into experience, you're investing with experience. Or you have other buildings where, um, such as Academy Condos, for example, who are hiring a third-party um, manager, Brookfield, I believe it was. I have to go back and check. It's been a little bit since that project was sold, but I believe they're hiring Brookfield Residential Services there, again, to do the management. And again, you're dealing with a very experienced uh, property manager there, third-party in that case, which is, uh, which is also okay. Um, on the management point, one final thing on the management point is that if you look at the Canada Pension Plan and what they're doing, 
when they're buying these assets in the UK and the US, what they're buying in every case, it seems to me, when you read these uh, uh, news releases and press releases, they're buying also, or they're buying or they're maintaining or, or retaining the management as well. So again, the CPP also understands it's not just the asset itself. It's not just owning the building. It's the management. It's the management, which is really the key to the whole thing when it comes to these student rentals. You really have to have the people in place who are experts in this type of asset. And so the CPP uh, again, in in, uh, in the UK and US, they're buying these assets, but they're also buying the management. The management who has, has built up these assets and who's made them so valuable, they stick around, the, the management team and the people, um, to, uh, to run it and to continue to make sure that it's a high-quality, high-performing um, asset with great yields and uh, that, that basically everything's running smoothly on the ground with, with the property itself and that everything is maintained and, and kept up, and that the value is, um, is preserved and, and hopefully increased over time. Okay, so that's sort of 1A, 1B, or the first two points. Number three is, uh, and the things that I look for before endorsing a rental project is the local market. Got to look at the local market, obviously. It has to have a certain size, and it has to have a certain amount of growth. So local market in terms of the, the student population, the... the um, potential pool of tenants that you've got there and the growth. You want to make sure that the universities and the college campuses there are growing. And the, again, the beauty of this type of asset is there are many, many, many markets across Canada. Pretty much all of them are experiencing a huge amount of growth. As I always say, uh, higher education is a booming business. Uh, more and more people are going to school and they're going to school for longer and longer periods of time. And so this is a very attractive market for um, to be in as an investor for the long term. Number number four is the location itself, the location of the property. Uh, my rule of thumb here is that you, you want to you want you don't want to buy something that's more than ten minutes, ten minutes from door to door, um, from the property itself to the campus. Ideally, to uh, you know, to the heart of the campus, as opposed to just to you know the edge of the campus, because some of these campuses can be rather large, of course. And so you might say, well, in ten minutes to campus, but then you're another twenty minutes or something uh, walking into campus to get to where the classes are actually held. So um, students, again, are very, very sensitive to um, time and distance. So. You can see dramatic distances in rental rates and rental demand in student markets like this if you're on one side of the street or another in some cases. So um, anything more than 10 minutes to a student is often, you know, that that's just too far um, in many cases. So under 10 minutes door to door. So not necessarily, doesn't does not have to be by foot though. I should clarify, it does not have to be 10 minutes walking. It just has to be 10 minutes of time to get from door to door. So for example, with Capitol Hall, um, you couldn't walk from Capitol Hall to campus in 10 minutes. It would take you probably about half an hour. But of course, with Capitol Hall, you're right beside the O train, the subway line, um, and the subway stop. You get on the subway right beside your building, and then it stops right in the heart of the Carleton campus. 
And so, you know, it takes about, I've done it myself, of course, you can see the video on, on truecondos.com uh, where I do a full tour and walk you through the actual experience of going from campus on the train to the building. But uh, I've done it, timed the whole thing. It's, you know, it's about eight to, it is about six to, six to 10 minutes, depending on, uh, you know, how fast you're walking. But it's about six to 10 minutes door to door from, from uh, Capitol Hall to the heart of the campus because you are hopping on the O train. And the, uh, the, the nice thing about that market is the, um, the O train is free for Carleton students. It's mandatory that uh, the transit pass is included in, in your tuition. So you're not paying any extra for that and, and you're using it anyways. So that, is, um, that certainly hits the, the criteria there under 10 minutes. Uh, University Studios in Oshawa, for example, is, you know, you're, you're, you're literally five seconds from the campus. You, you're adjacent to the campus. You're walking across the property line and you are on campus. So no problems, uh, no problems there in Oshawa. That's location. And the number five, number five, the things I look for before endorsing a student rental project is the ROI, of course, the return on investment. And so return on investment, I look at, a, look at it from a several different angles when I'm doing financial analysis, but um, at the most basic level, um, you want to make sure that the return that you're getting is higher than what you might get on, an, on sort of a typical Toronto condo. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, if you're, if you're investing in the student market, which quite frankly is, you know, it is a little bit more labor intensive in the long run, a little bit more involved than, you know, renting it to uh, professional sort of tenants. Not in every case, but in many cases. It's a little more hands-on, obviously, depending on if you have professional managers or not. But uh, in general, yeah, if you're buying a student rental condo, you want to make sure that the ROI is higher than the average Toronto condo. Um partly to compensate you for your time uh, that is slightly more intensive, but also because, uh, again, you're buying in, in markets outside of Toronto where appreciation rates are not going to be as high as Toronto appreciation rates over the long run. So again, you're, you're buying these assets primarily as cash-flowing um, uh, cash assets that are giving you money every single month that are great for long-term holds and that are just very easy to rent out, going to give you great cash flow for a very long period of time. If you're getting appreciation, great, that's icing on the cake, but you don't want to be counting on appreciation as much as you certainly might uh, if you're buying, for example, in downtown Toronto, where appreciation rates in downtown Toronto are going to be, you know, on average, uh, higher than appreciation rates in, you know, a university town uh, somewhere else in uh in Ontario, and that's uh, that's just facts that we know from uh, long-term uh, averages of, of real estate pricing. And so, there you go. That is the, those are the five things that I look for before endorsing a student rental project. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, for the show notes on today's show and all the podcasts, just head on over to truecondos.com forward slash podcast. Thanks very much for listening. And until next week, you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.